0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hello. Thanks for joining me once again on this beautiful Sunday morning as we share in God's rich word. We love you guys so very much. And wherever you're joining us from all around the world, we want you to know that Jesus loves you. And so do we. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, entitled The Divine Protection Plan. We've been examining Psalm 91 and we've been doing it for quite a while. As a matter of fact, This is part number 12, and uh, I've been trying my best not to rush, not to rush, but just trying to enjoy the ride as we get all the way down to verse number 16. This is powerful, and I hope that you've been enjoying this series. If you haven't heard the other parts, then go back to the website at kingdomrock.org and just check it out. It's available on podcasts and YouTube and Roku and so many other places. Just go to the website for details. All right, well, before we get into the Word of God, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And then we're going to have the blowing of the shofar. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get in the scripture. Mm, Let me reverse that. Let me me blow the shofar first. And then we're going to pray. And then we're going to get into the Word of God today, okay? Amen. So hold on. amen 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 all right that was the blowing of the shofar i play i pray that you are richly blessed now let's go ahead and have a word of prayer heavenly father we thank you so very much in the mighty name of jesus for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word lord we pray today that you would speak to us by your spirit and that you would lead us into all truth and that you would show us things to come Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. You are the teacher, and we ask that you teach us. We ask you, let your spirit be known, your presence be felt wherever this recording is being heard, wherever it is being viewed, wherever people are watching live, and wherever people are watching the replay later. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move mightily upon them, and that you would deliver them and set them free. We bless you, Lord. Set them free from whatever held them, holds them, whatever is binding them. We pray, Lord God, that you would heal, deliver and set free in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, everybody, it's time to get into Psalm 91. So let's go ahead. And first of all, we're going to read it. All right. Here we go. Verse number one. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Lamb of God. We've been looking at this for quite a while, and I want to remind you as well of the words in Hebrew, the fourth chapter. This is so very important. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2, uh, read once again, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So let me remind this of you again. I'm thankful that you're hearing the word today. My God, you don't know how, how thankful I, I am, but remember the word won't profit you unless you mix it with faith. Hearing the word only is not going to solve the problem. We've got to be obedient to what we hear. We have to be hearers and doers of the word. We have to hear the word that is preached and mix it with faith, believe in it, confess in it, and walk in it. This is how we're going to receive God's promises. And I'm I'm going to tell you today, we're going to start here in verse 14. There are many more promises that God has in store for you. And remember, your faith should not be based upon the testimony of other people now they have a great testimony, great, then that can help add to your faith. But if you say, well, so, so-and-so believed and, and, you know, and they perished. So-and-so believed and that didn't work out for them. Well, my testimony is not based on their experience, neither on her experience. It's based solely upon the word of God. I believe in what God said. He said it, I believe it, and that settles it. So again, don't allow your faith to rest in a person, in their testimony, good or bad. Let your faith rest in Christ, rest in the word of God. Amen. If you hear nothing else, remember, don't worry about so-and-so, not even my testimony. You believe in Christ based on your experience with him, based on his word to you. Hallelujah. Let your faith Rest on the solid rock of Christ and not on shifting sands. All right. So we're going to go back now to verse number 14 and we're just going to walk it through and really just take our time. I'm glad that you're here today. You have no idea. You are God's beloved and I appreciate you taking the time to watch and to listen. Verse number four says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, Will I deliver him? I will set him on high because he have known my name. So right away, we see that verse 14 talks about uh, qualifications. There are two promises here in verse 14. And it's probably going to take us the entire time to get to both promises. The entire time today, part 12. (laughs) But there are two promises here, and they're both qualified. The word because is written twice in this one verse, double enunciation. Because the word because is a qualifier. It says, if you do this, then I will do that. But if you don't do this, then that will not happen. So it's a qualifier. There are two promises here. One is a promise of deliverance. And the other is a promise of high exaltation. Both are qualified. Both are qualified. Let's look for a moment at the promise of deliverance. The Bible says again in verse 14, we're going to look at this, the first part of that. It says, because he has set his love upon me, and that's today's title, set your love upon the Lord, set your love upon him. All right. He said, because you have set your love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Let's look at the word deliver. We want to see what we're getting here. The word deliver comes from the Hebrew word uh, palat, palat. And it means to escape, save, deliver, slip away. It means to bring into security, to bring into security. Now, just looking at that on surface level, We can take that verse and say, thank you, Father, because I love you. You would deliver me into security. You will cause me to slip away. There's obviously got to be some measure of danger surrounding this. If you're going to bring me into a place of security, then then you must be bringing me out of an insecure place or a dangerous place, right? If you're bringing me into safety, into security, I've got to be coming out of danger. You'd pulling me out of danger or out of a, out of an insecure place. He says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore, rather he said, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. So God said, because you love me, I will, I will bring you into a security. I will bring you into security. You will slip away. You will slip away. Now, if you remember on verse 13, the Bible says that, and we're going to go with the progression of the verse in order to find the true meaning. Going with the progression of the verse, verse 13 said that we're going to tread upon the lion and the adder. Upon the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet. Remember, we took almost two weeks, I think, with verse 13, talking about how God would raise the body of Christ up with supernatural power and supernatural authority. We're going to tread or march out on the head of the enemy. We're going to trample on his power and trample on his authority. We're going to crush it. We're going to crush it. So grab a hold of this. One moment, God says, you're going to move with power and you're going to move with 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 great authority. You're going to move with power, great authority. You're going to crush the head of the enemy. In other words, where there is darkness, you're going to bring light. Where there is, where there is chaos and confusion, you're going to bring peace and understanding. Where there is hopelessness, you're going to bring hope and faith. You know, where, where maybe there's someone that is uh, hungry, that is desperate for food. Well, you'll come in there and you bring that food in. You know maybe they need a word. Will you coming and bring them a word of encouragement? Maybe someone was just at the point of about to commit suicide and then you called. And then you called. So here's something. Now the enemy has been taking great care, we could say, or he has been putting a lot of effort into bringing people to the point of suicide, bringing people to the point of divorce, bringing people to the point of arguments and, and chaos and confusion. He has taken great pain uh, to do that, to, to lure our whole society into a state of chaos and a state of, of fear, panic, and uh, there there are different waves, waves of bigotry and, and, and waves of, of hate and racism. He's taken a lot of ca- In doing this. And then here you come in the power of the Spirit, and you come in there and you bring in light you bring in salt and light and you bring hope and you bring in peace and you bring the love of God and you come trampling over all of that stuff that he's doing trampling over all that stuff they're sick and you come in and you declare in the name of Jesus by his stripes be healed you come in there and and you see the husband and the wife they're arguing and they're they're at the point of divorce and you you come in there and you give a word you say hey let's sit down and and let's talk about this and then you bring order and peace there you're trampling you're trampling you're trampling you're trampling you're bringing peace in chaos and confusion and you don't think the enemy is gonna try to retaliate you've been hitting him I mean he's punch crazy I mean or 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 he, he's punch drunk and you're hitting him and hitting and hitting and hitting, providing food and assistance, providing care, providing love, providing shelter, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And you're doing the work, man. You are trampling over the enemy. You are doing the work and you don't think he's going to try to retaliate. So the Bible says here, because he has set his love upon me, Therefore, will I deliver him? So again, verse 13, we're riding high. The enemy is is well beneath your feet and you are crushing him. But just before he can bring his fist back to really deal you a blow in retaliation, God says, you're going to slip away. I'm going to pull you out of his range you're going to slip away. He said, I will deliver him again. This word deliver him. Uh, this word deliver, uh, in the Hebrew is Palat or Palat and it means to escape. It means to save, to deliver, to slip away, to bring into security. So before the enemy's acts of retaliation against you, before they strike, before the weapon formed can prosper, God said, I'm going to pull you away. Now, some would say, well, that must mean the rapture. That must mean the great snatching away of the church. Hallelujah. I always knew it. Well, it could mean that. But according to these verses, it actually does not mean that. There is a place of safety that God can bring you into now. There's a place of security that he can bring you into now. And we'll see that today in the word of God. I can't wait, really. Mm, Let's just try to go on here. All right, so we know this word means, this word palat means to escape, to save, to deliver, to slip away, to bring into security. And in order to get this promise, now we all wanna be brought into a secure place, Especially in a land full of darkness, a land full of plagues and diseases and and everything else, don't we want to be brought into a secure place? Don't you want your families to be brought into a secure place to be delivered from danger? Sure, you do. Well, the first part has to be true first. Remember, this promise is is conditional. What's the first promise? What's the promise? It says, or what's the condition? Because he has set his love upon me. Now, let's make sure that we meet this condition. The word, um, that, that phrase, because he has set his love, because he has set his love, that actually means, or that's the Hebrew word, hashak, hashak. And that means, uh, that word means to love. It means be attached to, long for, to have desire, and I like to say it actually means as well to desire or long for above all else. In other words, God is just not one person in a, or one person in the long line of people that you love. You say, well, I love my wife. I love my children. I, I love my family. I, I love my car. I love my job. I, People's people use that, uh, uh, that word an awful lot. They may say, I love my TV, my new TV. I, I, you know, I love this. I love that. God's not saying that when he says, because you set your love upon me, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. He's saying that he's not one in the list of your loves, but that he is in fact your love that you love him exclusively. We're going to look at that. As a matter of fact, let's go to Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. I love the way Jesus breaks this down. Are you still with me? Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39 says this, and Jesus brings it out so wonderfully. He says, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with, notice that word, the next word, It says thou shalt love the Lord thy God with, can you say it all, all thy heart and with what all thy soul and with what all thy mind. This is a great this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Notice that he said again, you will set your love upon him. And not on the things of the world or anyone else, he said, you will love him with all your heart. You've heard people say, oh, so-and-so has my heart or my children are my heart. My spouse is my heart. Oh, oh, I love them with all my heart. You've heard people say, I love you with all of my heart. God said, if you want this promise of deliverance, you must love him with all of your heart with all of your soul and all of your mind. Now that's a pretty big order, isn't it? We have to set all our love on him and give him the superior, or rather, and make him, or rather, let me say it this way, you have to set all your love upon him, and when you do that, you'll actually have a superior love for your family. A superior love for your spouse, a superior love for your children. Because when you invest, I like to call it this way when you invest all of your love dollars, when you put everything into Him, 100% of your love funds, when you invest it all into Him, you'll have tremendous returns. God is saying all. He's saying all. Is He talking about you losing your family and just go living out in the woods somewhere in some mountaintop? No. But listen, there is a balance to this, and I want to show you this balance. Set all your love on him, and he will give you a far superior love for those you love and for the world. This love goes past human understanding, and it is what your family, what your spouse, what this world needs. Let me show you what this love looks like. Because when you pour, you'll find this out as you pour your love into him, all of your love into him, you get back tremendous dividends. You get back tremendous rewards. His love for you and his love that flows through you will overflow to your spouse. It will overflow to your children. It will overflow to your neighbors. The world needs the love of God not your human love. And we do appreciate you. I appreciate you loving your children. I appreciate you loving your spouse. Thank God. We thank God for our spouses. I thank God for my wife. And she's here with me today in this empty church building. She's the one who stands by my side. And she's in the back right now helping me to record and to uh, produce these videos and get them out for you to see. It is she and I. We're partners in this gospel. Hallelujah. And I love her dearly. But I cannot love her more than I love him. If I fail, if I fail in loving God more, it, rather let me say it this way. Yeah, if I fail in loving God more than her, if I fail in that, in, if I fail in that I love her more than him, I actually fail her. Because the love that she needs from me, I can't give her. It's the love that only comes from God. The love that your children need, you really can't give them. It's the love that comes from God that they need. You understand? Let me show you what God's love looks like. And and maybe this will help make it a little bit more clear to you. Uh, Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. Verses four through eight. And I'm going to read this out of the new uh, living translation. Listen to God's love, a description of God's love. All right. It says this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Could your spouse use a little bit of that? Could your children use a little bit of that? Where you don't demand your own way, uh, it is not irritable, my God, and it keeps on, it keeps no record, keeps no record of being wronged. Could your spouse use that? Could your children use that? You know, we like to bring stuff up. What you did, so and so. I remember what you did. No, no, no. They don't need that type of love. They need the love of God. One more time. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Look at verse number eight. Prophecy and speaking in unknown tongues and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. This is why You need to give or be obedient to the word of God and set your love upon him because he will give you a superior love, vastly superior love than anything that you could ever muster up yourself. I'm grateful that you have feelings of love for your family, for your children, but I'm telling you, do what the Lord says. Invest all of your love upon him because when you invest in him, there are tremendous returns. Besides all this, Jesus gives us an ultimatum, an ultimatum. Now, I want you to see this as he brings this whole thing into context. Let's go to Matthew 10 now, verse 37 through 39. It's almost like a typo, right? Because we were just in, um, where, where well, we were just in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, And now I had to go back and check it. Now we're in Matthew 10, verse 37 through 39. And it also says, listen to what this says. It says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whosoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whosoever finds their life will lose it. And and, uh, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Does that put things into perspective? Does that put it into perspective for you? That he doesn't want to be one of the things you love. He wants to be your true love. He wants to be your one and only love. Unfortunately, we have known people to lose their spouses and people to lose their children. And we are praying, my God, we are praying for you. And I've heard people say, I don't think I can go on. I don't think I can make it another day. And I can understand those feelings. And I've heard some say, well, they were my love. They were my heart. And if that were true, they're going to find it very difficult making it to the next day or to the next season of their lives. But remember, Jesus did not require us and does not require us to put all of our love on man because man is wonderful. I'm saying there's some wonderful people in the world and very lovable, but they are limited and we are frail. Life is fleeting. It's like a vapor here one minute and, and it is gone the next. That's why you need to put your faith in Christ and he will give you that superior love that they need. Being patient, my God. Being kind, being gentle, that's what they need. They need his love circulating through you. So choose to do that today. Now, let me remind you of this again. Now, let me remind you that God says all. And you say, how can this be? How is it possible for me to love the Lord with all? Well, the Lord actually answers that question. Let me remind you again of Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. Notice what it says again. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And uh, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. You shall love, thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. So how is it possible for us to love God whom you cannot see? How is it possible for you to love him to fulfill this commandment more than your spouse, more than your children, more than anything else? Well, listen, that's a supernatural act that only God can do. And we'll find that answer there in actually Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. Let's look at Deuteronomy 30 in verse number six. And this is what it reads. This is is the Lord's promise to us. He says, in verse six, it says, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart And with all thy soul that thou mayest live. God said, in order for you to do this, he's got to circumcise you. He's got to circumcise your heart. Now, the word circumcise means to cut. It means to to be cut off. My God, it means also to cut away the foreskin. And of course, circumcision was a sign of the covenant as well as the sign of the uh, Abrahamic covenant. Well, the Lord told them, if you want to have relation with me, cut away the foreskin, and that's a sign or a symbol of the covenant. But now metaphorically, and also you'll find this in Scripture as well, it literally means, not metaphorically, but literally means to cut around. Uh, Also in Scripture, it means uh, to purify from sin, to purify from sin. So when the Lord says, Hey, I've got to deal with your heart. I've got to cut some things around your heart. There are some things in you that is not right. And I've got to cut that away so that you may love me with all of your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength, all your mind, with everything so that you may love me above all else. There are things going on inside of you that I have to remove from you so that you can do this. So again, this is a supernatural action loving God with all that you are, above spouse, above children, above job, above money, above career, above all the things in life that that we can hold dear. This is a supernatural action. This is something that only God can do for you, but you have to submit yourself to him. He's not going to override your will and force this upon you. You've got to come before him and ask. You've got to say, Father, I give all of my life to you. I give my heart to you, I am willing, I'm willing, I'm willing father circumcise my heart, circumcise my heart that I may love you, change my heart that I may love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, with all of my mind, with all that I am circumcise my heart, change me Lord, change my heart. Change me, change me, change me. I open myself to you that you would do your will. Hallelujah. When you do that, when you do that, then and only then do you qualify. Do you qualify for the blessing that Psalm 91 talks about? Remember, he says again, because you have set your love upon me. Therefore, will I deliver him? Because there's something about having that confusing type of love. There's something about being uh, having a dual nature, being uh, hypocritical. There's something about us when we hold things above the Lord, when we either hold. <laughs> hold our affections for others or other things above God or we hold other stuff above the Lord or we say oh I love God and people I, I, I just love everybody equally yeah I love God he's over there I love them they're over there I love nature and they're over there yeah they oh I just hold everybody equally there's something actually wicked and evil twisted about that <sighs> hear what I'm saying to you today Your love for him must be supreme above all else. And he will supply you with what you need for everyone else that's needed. A superior love. You give him an inferior love and he will give you a vastly superior love. As a matter of fact, you really can't love him until he first loves you. Scripture says we love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. Now, as we go on with this, and as we begin to close in just a few moments, you ask the question, well, how do I know? How will I know if I have really, truly set my love upon him? How do I know? Because, you know, these are dangerous times we're living in and I need to know I need my family to be safe and secure. I need my family to be delivered into security out of danger. How do I know How do I know that I have met the condition, uh, the first condition? How do I know if I've set my love upon him? Well, the scripture actually answers that question, too. Let's go to John, the 14th chapter. John 14, in verse number 15. I pray you're getting something out of this today. Oh, my God, I am having a ball up here, and I hope that you are, too. My God. Listen to this one verse, and then we go further. John 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Other translations say, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. You will keep my commandments. Let's skip down to verse 14 uh, and verse 21. Listen to this. He says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus, how are you going to show us? How are we going to see you and the world won't see you? And Jesus said in verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and he will come and he will come unto him rather. And we and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. They have it. We say we love God. Well, then we will keep his word. Now, I want you to notice something, too, as we begin to close. Notice. What verse 14 says again. Notice what verse 14 says. It says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Notice, God set the condition of deliverance not on uh, how much tithe and offering you have paid or have given, not on how much church you have attended. Not on how much scripture you have learned or memorized or read, how many Bible studies you have attended, how many videos you have watched, how many people you have helped. He has not placed, he has not set all those conditions. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I will deliver you if you are a good person. I will deliver you if you've never done anything wrong. I will deliver you if you did this, that, and the other. No. All he said Love me. That's all you got to do. He said, love me. And I find out that as we make God our supreme love, as we make him our supreme love, the one that we love, we make him our love, you won't mind spending time in prayer with him. You won't mind studying his word. You won't mind helping others. And my God, you won't mind giving and living this life. You won't mind because love always has an action. Love always gives. And we're giving you this, this example before. It's possible for you to give to somebody without loving them. It's possible for you to give to somebody without loving them. Somebody on the street, you don't even know them, you give them the handout, you can give to them without loving them. But it is not possible, it is impossible to love somebody without giving to them. So if you love God, giving won't be an issue. Are you hearing? So he said before, what, why, or what's the test to let me know whether I've set my love upon him? Jesus answered that question. He says, if you keep my words, if you do what I say, then you love him, all right? He said, because he has loved me, and now we're, now we're coming to a close here. Uh, stick around. Are you still, you still there? I can feel when the 30-minute mark or somewhere around there has hit. You can take a moment and you can pause this if you have to, if you have to. But I need to give you the other part of this verse. The Bible says again, because he has, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Check. Got that, right? He says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. So he will set you on high because you know his name. So what does it mean, first of all, to be set on high? The word on high here or to be set on high is a Greek word, um, Saigav. Saigav. And it means to be inaccessibly high, set securely on high, to exalt, uh, exalt in effective hostility. All right. So we said a a few moments ago that this deliverance does not necessarily mean rapture, but this does mean that he will deliver you to a place that is inaccessible to the enemy. He would deliver you to a place that is inaccessible to the enemy. And I think, my God, I think we're gonna have to get to that on next week. I kinda feel that, Lord, really? Yes. Yes, we're going to have to get to that next week. <laughs> oh, Lord, really? All right, we're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to hold on, hold on a second. Lord, are you telling me to stop this right now? All right, yes, he wants me to pray with you. He wants me to pray with you. There is still so much, there is still so much here. Uh, he wants me to make sure that we have our love walk correct before we can even go on. Because as he delivers you, And sets you on high, inaccessible to the enemy, inaccessible to your haters, inaccessible, meaning they've been trying, but they just can't get to you. You are too high, too high. And the father can do that, set you well above your adversaries, right there in a hostile place, sets you high where they can't get to you. But first, let's go back. And make sure that we have a proper love walk. My God. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer right now. And just be led of the Lord. Because some may have really difficulty with this. Because setting your love on him also means to forgive. To forgive those that have hurt you. That means to give grace to those who don't deserve it. Grace and mercy are for those who don't deserve They don't deserve your favor. They don't deserve. Yes, they hurt you and they hurt you badly. But you have also hurt the father badly. You say, well, you don't understand how many times they've done this to me. I forgive and I forgive them. They keep doing it again and again and again. How can I forgive them? Again, you are actually describing yourself. And also your relationship with him. How many times have you hurt him? How many times have you said, Lord, I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that anymore. And you wound up doing it again. How much mercy, how much grace do you need? Well, that's the same amount that the people around you also need. But you can't give them grace from a human standpoint. You're going to have to give it to them from the father. You're going to have to allow the Lord to circumcise your heart, to cut away the foreskin of your heart, to change you, fill you with his love. And then you will be in position to minister and to bless others, to share love with those who don't deserve it. Because if you look at it, I don't care how long you've been saved or how long you've known the Lord. You don't deserve God's goodness. We don't deserve his grace. We're not deserving of it. We're not worthy of it in and of ourselves. It is Christ that makes us worthy. It is the Father's grace and mercy bestowed upon us that makes us worthy. It is a gift, least any man should boast. We didn't earn it. It was freely given unto us. By the same token, if we're standing in a position where we make people earn their love for us, or, or earn our love for them earn our favor don't you know that you have yourself fallen from grace and you're trying to do something that not even god required of you so let's take a moment and just repent before the lord and get our hearts right father in the name of jesus we come before you at this time i bring my friend your love your beloved to you and father we repent of our sins We ask you to forgive us. We ask you to heal us and deliver us. We have harbored bitterness in our hearts. We have harbored resentment in our hearts, unforgiveness toward others. We have held them in sin's debt. We have not loved them as we should. Lord, we have not loved our spouses and our children as we should. We have not given you all of our heart. We have not given you all of our strength and all of our soul. So today, Father, we do repent of that. We turn from that. And we confess that as sin. And Lord, you said if we confess our sin before you, that you be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Father, as we come before you now, we do repent and we do confess that we have missed it. We have fallen short. And we thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy that you are bestowing upon us to get it right. So Holy Spirit, we ask now, that you would change our hearts, that you would deliver us, that you would cut away the evil within our hearts, cut away the foreskins of our hearts, cut around and take the evil out, take the sin out, that we may love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. For this is an act that only you can do. So Lord, we come before you as humbly as we know how ask you to change us thank you father for receiving us and for filling us with your love that our families our churches our communities this world so desperately needs we love you and we thank you for hearing us in jesus name amen glory to god well we made it to uh the end of this particular message part 12 Be praying with me next week. We'll get into part number 13 as this series continues to go on, but we're gonna try our best not to rush it. I wanna thank you guys so much for your faithful support in tithes and offerings and giving to the ministry. It keeps, keeps the lights on and it helps us to continue to fund ministries, to fund the ministry of Jesus in this world. There's still so much need in this world. Still, there's still orphanages that need support. There's still homeless that need support. Still those that are desperate, still those, those that are lonely, still those that are without. So we thank you for helping us to fund the ministry of Jesus in this local fellowship. And uh, we appreciate you so much. And so I say, like the apostles said, pray for us, pray for us. I beseech you, brother, pray for us. We thank you so much for your prayers. All right. Don't forget to connect with us at KingdomRock.org. It's there that you you can hear this message and so many more. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, man. Woo-hoo. He loves you. And so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make you. Only he can make a way. My God, blah, blah, blah. Only he can make a way for you. All right. I love you, brothers. Love you, my sisters. And we will see you the next time.